Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited about a new episode of our podcast. Today you're going to hear from Coach Eric Kohu. Eric is currently the head football coach at Little Rock Christian Academy in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's married to Heather. They have two kids, but more than that, just an incredible man of faith. I can't wait for you to hear from him, so let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach. Thank you, Stuart. It's uh, an honor to be here uh, today talking with you. You bet. So I like to start these off just with some background information. So if you don't mind, just you know, give the listeners a little bit of um, about you, maybe your family growing up, and a little bit about your family today. Yeah, I'd love to share a little bit uh, about my history. And uh, the older I get, the more the more that history grows, I guess, uh, as time goes by. But I grew up uh, grew up in the Ozarks and um, uh, the Missouri side. So, you know, graduated high school from Mount Vernon uh, High School in Mount Vernon, Missouri. And I went to college um, at a small Christian school in Arkansas called Hardin University. And I actually met my wife there who was from Memphis. Uh, so Carolyn, is, is, uh, we've been married uh, uh, 25 years. And uh, my uh uh, had one sibling, older brother. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee now. Uh, my parents are still in the uh, Ozarks, and uh, uh, both of their sets of families are all from Southwest Missouri. So basically, uh, uh, my mom and dad's both their family units are uh, are all uh, in the Springfield, Branson, Joplin area, and right uh, right on the Missouri Arkansas, even Oklahoma border there. Uh, where where I'm from, and um, my wife being from Tennessee, then we uh, we spent our first eleven years. Actually, our first year we were married there in in Searcy and uh, Arkansas, and we spent eleven years in Tennessee, three at Liberty University in Virginia, and then we were eight in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, and had a great time uh, and a great football run there in Alabama. Um, and then I've spent four back over here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, my, uh, we have two children, my, uh, son, uh, uh, son Baylor's one reason I, uh, I left Alabama to come to, to Arkansas was, uh, uh, he actually got recruited to play at my alma mater. So he played and finished his career, uh, the 19th season at Harding university as a slot back and, um, had a good career there and, um, he met his wife. So my daughter-in-law is from Fort Worth, Texas. And so they live here in Little Rock. My daughter's finishing up her junior year in college. So, uh, Carolyn and I have two kids, Baylor and Cassie and Baylor's wife is Megan. And so that's kind of a quick overview of where I've been and my, uh, my immediate family. That's awesome. So you mentioned, um, you know, obviously growing up there in the Ozarks, but, you know, was it, did you grow up in a family of faith? And then at what point did you make that, that your own and, you know, understand yeah. you that personal relationship? Yeah. Um, you know, my faith journey has been, uh, very, uh, very rewarding, very fulfilling. And one that is uh, really pretty exciting. If you think about it, I'll share a little bit about that with you. We, uh, uh, was raised in a Christian home and, uh, 
uh, and you know, just being rural and we were, um, kind of, uh, uh, tried to farm a little bit and just being rural and out in the country. I have always had faith in God. I've I just, God is there. I know God and he's been there. Now I made that personal commitment, uh, to follow him and to make Jesus Lord, uh, my freshman year in high school. And, uh, and that journey's been, you know, uh, one that he has expanded my faith. He has, um, he's done so much. I've tried to allow the Holy Spirit to totally transform, uh, my life, which I'm still a work in progress, like, like all of us are, but the, the walking with the Lord is the most rewarding thing that a person can have, um, you know, in life. Life. And once you find that life, you really, uh, everything else pales in, in comparison. So, uh, so that's how I describe it. I, I've always had, you know, had the sense, I know God and know he's there, but that commitment started, uh, when I was a freshman in high school and, and he's continued to, our relationship has grown, uh, you know, over the last then 30 plus years <laughs> since I made that commitment. Yeah. I like, I like what you said. It's, you know, we, it is that continual daily, you know, we, none of us have it all, you know, figured out and it, it is a, it seems like we're growing all the time. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about faith in a minute. I'm going to go kind of go back to your, um, your coaching journey. You know, what point did you feel called, if you will, to, to coaching and just kind of give us a snapshot of your, of, of your coaching journey. Absolutely. You know, as a, as a growing up, I, you know, I've heard it said football is a great game, but a lousy God. Uh, I definitely think I fell trapped in, you know, as a lot of young athletes do of sports was my identity. Uh, had a major ACL tear, MCL tear, meniscus tear, uh, that back when that, you know, in the late eighties, you know, it was not a good time for surgeries and reconstructive surgeries and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, it was like God pulled, you know, pulled the rug out from under me on a little bit on everything revolved around football and basketball and baseball growing up. And, and so I think, you know, hindsight, that was again, part of a faith journey and him teaching me what's really important is my identity in, uh, Jesus, not in what I do or what I'm good at or that sort of thing. So fast forward a little bit. Um, I actually started out in finance, uh, the first four years of my career, um, and was in finance and I worked for first American Corp in Nashville, Tennessee, which at the time was the largest, uh, banking share in the state of Tennessee and they ended up getting bought out by AmSouth and then subsequently Regions. But uh, during kind of those acquisitions, when when First American and AmSouth uh, uh, merged, I was a, a loan officer, and I just thought, you know, God, there's something more than working with people's money and their <laughs> mortgages. And again, there are people out there, that's their calling, and they're helping people do that. And I missed football 
all so much. And I just said, you know, if there's a way, uh, let me get back into the game some way, shape or form. And I got an opportunity to move to Jackson, Tennessee and at a small Christian school in Jackson, Tennessee, I started my career and I've finished 22 years in football. So uh, that was the start of kind of the calling. And, and at that point I said, God, I'm committing this career now to the kingdom of God, not just, you know, my, you know, I, I view things holistically. Uh, so that's the way I want to see things and whether I'm digging a ditch or coaching football or mowing the yard, I, I really want to do that for the glory of God and to advance the kingdom. So I, I had a framework shift as my faith matured. And I think he's blessed, you know, my career uh, for these 22 years because of that. And and so I'm, I'm thankful and grateful for his guidance all the way through that. But that's how it started. I started coaching in Jackson, Tennessee, uh, and I've just finished 22 years of, of coaching. And you've been at Little Rock Christian Academy for, what, four years? Yes, sir. So give us, you know, Give us uh, just a kind of overview of how would you describe the culture of the program that you've built there? Well, I inherited a, a good situation. The previous coach really had implemented a lot of good work ethic and uh, had had worked toward building a football culture. And so I'm thankful for the the previous coaching staff and, and coaches before him as well. Uh, but one thing, you know, as my job, uh, you know, is really to come in and, and as a new coach to a, uh, to a, um, a program is to diagnose what's needed to take the next level, you know? And so I do want to give kind of football credit. I got the chance at my time at Liberty university to, to work for Frank Rocco. And I just consider uh, him to be one of the best coaches in America. And, and so I really, uh, my career really advanced by spending those three years uh, uh, with uh, coach Rocco. And so I really want to give him kind of credit for, you know, helping to propel, even though I'd been a head coach before I took kind of a back seat and was an assistant again for a while. And that was very beneficial uh, for the advancement of my career. But uh, so I, I feel like he really trained my eyes. So it, which led to a very successful time tenure there in, in Huntsville, Alabama. But when I got here, I realized they were scoring 45 points a game, but the year before had, had, you know, they'd been four and seven. And I just really felt like, you know, we have got to emphasize defense and physicality, which is one thing I've brought with me from Alabama. And I think those two things from a football standpoint have really uh, added to our success here at my time at Little Rock Christian. Culturally, I'm going to be the same everywhere I go. And that is, I view uh, football having four cornerstones or foundations, uh, which I feel like go hand in hand with, with my faith journey and, uh, and a biblical world view is I start out with honesty and and you say well what does that have to do with you know with football well honesty is is a honesty is how we get to God <laughs> um 
you know, when we're honest with him. And so that that's very important. But really, honesty is what builds trust, which allows us to have relationship, which I can't have teamwork if I don't have relationship. I can't have relationship if I don't have trust. I can't have any trust if I'm not honest with players, coaches, um, uh, parents, so that's that's cornerstone number one. Cornerstone number two is work ethic. When I got here, these guys had a solid work ethic, so you know I, I didn't have to mess with that at all. These guys kn- knew how to work hard and uh, so forth. Step three or, or cornerstone or foundation number three um, is teamwork, and and so we really focus on uh, culturally. You know what is the good? What's and this is tougher and tougher as years go by. What is it that I can do as a player or as an assistant coach or as the head coach to make our team chemistry and our teamwork stronger and more productive? And then finally, the the fourth cornerstone is, is what I call sacrifice. So if we can get those other three, then we get to a point where we have players that will say, hey, you know, it might be better for me uh, to do X, Y, Z, but I want to, you know, put off what's best for me and what's best for the team. And if you think about it, that's exactly what the model, you know, of our Messiah was, is servant leadership was, you know, hey, you know, obviously he gave the, the ultimate sacrifice and, you know, talk about all in, you know, his whole life. And so I use those, um, those character cornerstones, those foundational uh, traits, uh, culturally to answer your initial question, anywhere I go, wherever I go. And so now football wise, it may be a little different each, each program I take over. I like that. You know, I like how you can, um, you know, even if you're, you know, you're in a private Christian school, so you can openly talk about these four cornerstones from a biblical perspective, but even those in the public school arena, those four words, you know, Absolutely, are there and and opens the door um, for a coach to you know talking about honesty, work ethic, teamwork, sacrifice. You could tie in kind of sharing the gospel through those words without you know openly quoting the scripture or whatever. I, I like those absolutely words. That's, that's solid. So you know you are at a Christian school, so obviously faith is a big part of it. Um, we've already established that, but what does it look like? Um, you know, from a discipleship standpoint, because, and I I don't want to assume that every student at Little Rock Christian is a Christian, but I know, you know, more are than not. So what does it look like maybe from a discipleship standpoint? Yeah. And that's actually a challenge because as I, and I tell my players, I use this quote, I think it's an old preacher quote, you know, I can sit in a garage, but it doesn't make me a car. Mm. I can uh, sit in a church building or I can go to a mm. Christian school. It doesn't make me a Christian. So sometimes uh, in a Christian school environment, there is sort of a, um, a little bit of a, of a perception maybe that, Oh, I'm here that, that everything's okay. And what 
I want them to realize is they have to identify and they have to make their faith personal uh, with Jesus, not simply be part of a Christian school or, uh, you know, like we would say, maybe go to a church on Sunday. So I think that's one of the challenges I have, because you're right, you know, out of my, you know, uh, we'll next year have about 75 varsity players. Those guys will almost all of them, not all, but almost all of them will identify as Christian. So I want to challenge them to make sure that it's their own faith. Mm -hmm. I also, if, you know, the case we do maybe have a higher percentage. I want these guys uh, to develop in their discipleship and in their spiritual formation. I think it's very important, and it is an advantage being in a Christian school because I can uh, call that out. I can help hold players accountable. I can testify and lead with scripture. So before every practice, you know, we are talking about a spiritual formation scripture of the day, and it doesn't have to just be veiled like, you know, maybe a, a Christian coach has to do at a, a state college or a public school. And so I think I can definitely, uh, that's an advantage. That's why I love being a Christian school, to share my faith daily. Now, because they're in Bible class and chapels mm -hmm. and so forth, sometimes, you know, it, it's, it, they do get a lot of, of scripture at them and that sort of thing. So, so one of my jobs is to try to um, make sure the evil one is not you know, putting a cloaking device of familiarity. And because I'm so familiar, I may not, you know, really lock into what that faith journey means on a daily basis when I'm in the cafeteria, when I'm in the locker room, when I'm in math class. So that is a challenge I have. And I, I love having that challenge, but it's something that we really have to focus on uh, to help these young, young men become disciples. You know, that's an interesting conversation because I bet the, the coaches in the, in the many, I'm going to say all, many in the public school or, or college arena would go, man, I wish I was in an environment where I could talk openly about my faith. And then those in the private Christian school environment are going, yeah, but we have our own challenges because then they can, they can become tone deaf to it. Because to your point, they're hearing it in science and chapel and Bible and probably math exactly. and literature. You know, so by the time they get to football, it's like, you know, it's just, you know, the, the teacher on Charlie Brown. Yes, you know? exactly. So that's, that's, a, that's a whole nother conversation. I think we won't go down that road, but, but, but you bring up a, a good point, and it's a challenge to all of us to, to keep it fresh, keep it authentic, keep it, keep it personal. Yes. Um, meaning that, you know, sharing those personal stories, not just blabbing out scripture because then people do get tone deaf. Exactly. And then you do have to, you made a great point of making it personal. And that's where I go back to that honesty cornerstone. Mm -hmm. I think when you're authentic, when you're honest and transparent, it helps break down some of that pretense that can happen. It would be similar to a youth group at, at your church, you know, they, mm -hmm. they, you know, sometimes there's some walls and pretense because, and that's one thing I just, 
you know, as Christians, I think we've just got to do a better job of, 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 you know, not compartmentalizing so much our life and really, really trying to be a holistic uh, way of looking at things and make sure that when I'm at the grocery store, when I'm at the gas station, I am an image bearer of God all the time. And I think that's all of us really, uh, you know, really need to work on that, myself included. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, you need to water it down or dumb it down. I mean, I'm not going down that road because I know that that's a dangerous road. And I think that's what people, a lot of times when you have this conversation, they, they start thinking that, Oh, well, I need to, to water down the gospel. I need to water down Jesus. I don't, and, and, and that's not what we're talking about. I mean, it is, it's just no matter where we are, it just comes down to how we treat people, really. Yes. I, and I think it's actually opposite. Instead of watering down, really, we need to, to double down on commitment. That's so right. I think because really uh, uh, a 15 to an 18 year old uh, is really looking for identity. They're mm-hmm. looking for something to pour into and commit to. So I think as Christians, we really need to challenge each other to go deeper, uh, stronger faith and certainly not water things down, but actually say, Hey guys, you know, this is, and that's why I love your, your, you know, your title there, you know, your is all in because that's exactly what I'm talking about here is, is we really need a higher commitment level. Mm. You know, I, and we take that the name from Colossians three seventeen, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God, the father, um, you know, because it, it's just a reminder that, you know, I have this as a dad, I have this conversation at home all the time you know, you know, pointing back to this verse and admitting where I fail in that because it's in word and deed. So everything yes. that I say and everything I do, and a lot of times, you know, that's, that's the challenge. Um, I had a conversation with um, a lady, she's a superintendent of a school district here in Texas on a recent podcast we just released. And she was talking about her car being, the transmission was out and it was a transmission shop. And while it was there, it got hail damage and she was really upset, you know, and she wanted to call and, you know, and tell them you allowed my car to get further damaged, but her daughter remind her, her daughter who was on the podcast with her reminded her, Hey mom, be Jesus to these people. Yes. You know, and I think that's, that's kind of where you're, where you're going is, you know, you mentioned grocery store gas station is that, you know what, how we treat people, especially in a difficult situation, is what yes. is going to determine a lot about how they view Jesus. And I think that's where I know is probably my biggest challenge, too, because we all get frustrated. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. So let me ask you about, um, you know, a little bit one more question about your career, if you will, is, you know, you've you mentioned you've coached in several states, had a lot of success. So how do you balance that with with being humble, um, you know, because everybody likes to read their own press clippings, right? So, you know, how do you how do you balance that? Well, 
you either, uh, from a biblical standpoint, you either humble yourself or God will humble you, you know? And I think just over and over again, God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. That's repeated throughout scripture. Uh, you know, pride comes before fall, these things. And, and, and in athletics, in sports, in football, there is, you know, a lot of, uh, there can be a lot of arrogance. And so I think what one thing I try to remind myself of is, is I think the evil one gives counterfeits to good things. So, so I think God wants us to be confident. It's I think a Latin word that means with God, you know, I think of King David when he was a you know, young man killing Goliath, but you know, um, he, he had confidence because he knew God was with him. Uh, whereas Goliath had more arrogance of I'm the biggest guy, you know, on the battlefield, I'm better than everybody else. And there's so, so God gives confidence. Um, uh, the evil one likes to counterfeit that with arrogance. Uh, and, and then on the flip side, God wants us to be humble, which I think what, how I explain that to players and my own children and, and the students I've had in the classroom is, is look, that means, um, you're not the center of the universe. If you can look at life, you're, the world does not revolve around you. I think it's an important way to look at that because Jesus says, love our neighbor as ourselves. So he doesn't want us to hate ourselves. He just wants to see our neighbor, you know, the same way we view ourselves. Okay. And so let's get our eyes focused off self onto other people. I think it's a very good definition of humility because I think Satan is out there too with a counterfeit of cowardice. And what's interesting, the book of Revelation, you know, one of the first groups listed outside the final city of God are cowardice. So we never want to, uh, you know, uh, exchange humility for being a coward. So humility just says, hey, I'm, I'm not the center of the universe, but if I need to stand up for something, I need to stand up for something with the confidence that comes from God. So, and, but, but just back to your question, if you, um, you know, if you get arrogant, you will, uh, God will oppose that. And, you know, and I think it's very wise for, uh, you know, people that are in the sporting profession to always, you know, recalibrate on that humility, recalibrate on, Hey, this is nothing to do with me. Any success I've had had comes from God, uh, failures though. God allows to for, me to learn from and that sort of thing so that that's how i would answer that one is is i think it's, it's important to uh humble yourself inside the lord and he'll lift you up and and that's um something that needs you know uh, especially anybody that has success needs to remind themselves of that constantly that's good i like that. i like the way you describe that I ask that question to to a lot of coaches and you know you get different answers um so and they're all good um, but I love you. You took it a different perspective than than some. And so I, I really like that because that's true. Um, it's very true in sports. But I think even yeah. in the even, you know, you see it inside the church, too. You know, you see, yes. you know, churches start growing really fast. And you see, you know, people inside the church start getting prideful about their own church. Yes. And then and then it's, it's, it's not good. You're correct. That is correct. <laughs> So one more question on balance. Um, you know, you said you've been married 25 years, two kids. So how do you balance the demands of being a football coach? Because, I mean, football is it's a it's a big time commitment. So how do you balance that with also, you know, keeping being a husband and a dad that priority? 
Yeah, one one advantage I guess I had than some coaches is my wife uh, grew up in a football family. Her father was a football coach uh, in Memphis um, for twenty plus years, and uh, and so she knew what she was getting into uh, when I went down that road. That helps, uh, and then also having a son that you know ended up playing football for me and and having a career so that helped and as well but but that being said uh it is a difficult profession uh because of the demands the time demands and here's how i would just try to to relay to any young coach i think that will listen to this is is i've tried to always have a missional standpoint and view on my life so we my wife and i have been involved uh with missions work with uh the churches we've been involved with uh and i uh, my kids have seen me you know uh reading the word of god studying the word of god putting a mission trip ahead of you know a summer practice that sort of thing and, and i think I think kids will worship the gods of their fathers. So I think it's important for Mm. parents to remember who's first and what's first. And I think if you put a, a Matthew 633, you know, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness in place in your home, no matter what your work hours look like, I think God will bless that. Now, I'm not saying that it always turns out right or, you know, kids won't go astray, that sort of thing, because that does happen with some of the you know best Christian mothers and fathers I've seen, you know. But I do think there is merit to say, you know what, if this house, just like Joshua says, <laughs> me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord if we put that mission First, and for me, and you know, people that have uh, know me well know that I've, I've had a lot of work in Israel and done a lot of uh, uh, coaching in Israel, actually, and and that you know, and they, my kids have seen me say, you know what, that's just, um, uh, this is missional work we're doing. Um, I was on a, a board for an orphanage, a children's home, school, actually down in Ecuador, and so we would take trips down there, and and so I think it's very important for your kids kids to see that it's not the career that's first. It's not the uh, status or climbing the ladder that's first. And I think it helps in that imbalance that naturally comes during football season where you are gone a lot. I like that kids will worship the gods of their father. I wrote that down because that is, that's kind of, that's as a dad, that's convicting. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's it's sober. Yeah. Yeah, it really is because you know we can say that God is number one, our relationship with Jesus is number one, and then you know I'm I'm a husband next, and I'm a dad, but that's that's a very sobering thought because then he makes you you know evaluate your heart and go, okay, is it really aligning with what I'm what I'm saying? And often absolutely. I don't know about often, but I know many times it's not. Well, I love that word alignment because I think that's really important on prioritization and aligning. If I can align myself with God, then everything else on priority wise will will come into to proper place. Yeah. 
Yeah, alignment. Yeah, that is that's a very very big word, complex word, but very important in our in our walk and our in our faith. Because if one little piece gets out of alignment, it's just like a car. When it's a little off alignment, we're going to run off the road. And exactly, you know, and that same is true in life. So that's good stuff. So let me um, let me ask you this. So this is more of a question for advice. Uh, most of our listeners are student athletes, lots of coaches. So what would you say to that um, person that's listening that that is a follower of Christ? but is struggling with maybe taking that next step and uh, using the platform that they've been given of athletics to, um, to be bold in their faith. How would you encourage them? Yeah, I think, you know, for young coaches or anybody, the context is going to matter. As you and I have already stated, if you're in a state, you know, college or public high school, you know, you can't necessarily, you know, due to context, just lead uh, so much so with your testimony and, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, that sort of thing. But but here's what you can lead with is you can lead with being an image bearer of you know, God. And, you know, we were made in his image. He then gives us, you know, his son, you know, to, to, that walked on this planet and showed us what that looked like. And if I can emulate the Messiah, uh, you know, more and more each day, that's going to have an effect on the players I'm around. Uh, And I think that's important. I also think I can't give away something I don't have. So if I, if my faith is a little, and we know that Paul talks about there's levels of faith, you know, people, some people's faith is very weak, some is very strong. And so if, if my relationship with God is weak or struggling, how on earth am I going to give that away or help share that? So it's important to make sure that, you know, your faith is strong as it can be and growing. And then I believe it naturally produces fruit uh, as you go. And and so that's more advice, you know, I would give as well is I want to make sure that my align back to the alignment on the car, you know, I want to make sure my alignment is growing and strong. Uh, and, and even from a, just if you're looking at this completely secular coaching eyes, if you're asking your players to have a strong work ethic and you don't have a strong work ethic, it's going to fail. So right. that theme of I can't give away something I don't have is, is it really is a truth that exists on this world, you know? And so I can't, I can't ask my players to have integrity if I don't have integrity, you know, and I can't ask my players to work hard if I'm lazy. So I think, you know, I think I would go back to, you know, kind of your points on discipleship. I think for those coaches and those young guys, or how do I take the next step, you know, with my players or people I'm around? Well, you yourself take the next step with the Lord on your discipleship, your faith walk, and then it'll open some doors. That's good. I like that. Can't give away something I don't have. Well, that's that's a good one. I like how you tied it back to not even faith, just you know, integrity work. And it goes back to your four cornerstones. Yes. That's good. You know, so a lot of people have a life verse or favorite scripture. So I was going to ask you if you have one, or is there one that God has shown you recently that you'd share with us to encourage us? Yeah, there's uh, the, probably the, the, 
the verse that I put on like t-shirts and our letterhead, my practice schedules is, is, you know, is this, uh, 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 and it's going to be backwards, of course, but, uh, Zachariah four, six is one that has meant a lot to me. And is definitely one of my favorite ones, uh, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord almighty. And I think that really sums up life and especially in athletics, because we tend to think I need to be stronger and more powerful, which you do, okay, to succeed. But if that's the end game, then what's going to happen is somebody's going to be stronger and more powerful than you at some point, and you're going to lose. But if you understand that everything comes from his spirit and is God-given, then, you know, it allows you uh, to grow, I think, in, in just much deeper richer ways than somebody that's only looking at getting bigger, faster, stronger, or a better three-point shooter, or this, that, and the other. And so I think not only is it a powerful verse that shows us, you know, God's working, but I think it really is a great verse for athletics and sports too, for players and coaches to realize that really maybe the way to maximize this whole thing is heart, soul, mind, strength, not just strength. That's good. I like that one. That's always one of my favorite questions to ask just because it's one of those that I love to go back and, you know, and read the scripture and meditate on the ones that are shared because, you know, everybody has a different, a different one. And I love that one. That one's one of my favorites as well. So last question, Um, we've already talked a lot about this, about what it means to be all in, but I like to ask it kind of from a practical standpoint though, what does it mean in your daily walk for you to be all in for Christ? Because it, it looks different for everybody. I mean, we have the all the churchy answers of all the things you should do every day, but what does it look like for you? If you see a need, uh, meet it. And that to me is definitionally, you know, the back biblical word agape. And that, you know, uh, love gets used in our culture in a lot of ways that I think because it can be defined in hundreds of ways, it almost has no meaning sometimes. I love pizza. I love my mom. I love mm-hmm. steak. I love, uh, you know, uh, uh, to sleep in, you know, and, and all those are different. You know, I, I, I should love my wife differently than I love, you know, pizza, you know. And sure. so, but we use that word so much. So I try to go back. Okay, what was the Greek saying? Well, it's it's helping others, you know, me needs. So as a head coach, if I see a water bucket needs to be filled, I'm I'm jumping in and filling it. Mm. Uh, or if the laundry needs to be moved over, I'm doing the laundry. So it means that whatever the need is, you know, we meet it. And then what hopefully happens is, you know, you see, I saw a, a video of Larry Fitzgerald a year or so ago, you know, helping pick up or put out the footballs. You know, here's one of the best receivers ever to play the game of football um, and veteran and, you know, future hall of famer. And he's, you know, doing the dirty work or the little things that maybe back to, again, your pride thing back, you know, somebody that's not humble or somebody that's too prideful would never, I'm not doing that. So I think one way just practically that I want to get, you know, senior captains down to the, the, you know, the sophomores on the varsity level is if you see a need, you know, we're calling for somebody on scout team, get in there. 
uh, see a need, you know, f- meet it. And then I think that kind of shows, you know, somebody's true character, somebody's, you know, heart to a degree, you know, on, on what, you know, if they're all in or not, <laughs> you that's know, right. because no, I might good. be all in for, you know, championship day when we go to war Memorial and play the championship, state championship, but am I all in July 15th when it's a hundred degrees and it's time to, you know, show up for a workout. You know, so I think that's a practical standpoint of just, you know, is there a need or is there an expectation? And am I, I'll be all in if I'm, if I'm meeting needs. And that's true. Even when you dive deeper into your spiritual walk, it's easy when things are going well in life to be quote unquote, all in for Jesus, because God has given me everything I want. You know, life is good. But when we hit those downward turns when we're facing adversity am i all in exactly spiritually so yeah i think i think that if you see a need meet it kind of keeps us grounded in all areas of life whether it's you know in our personal walk with jesus or you know at home you know if i see a need around the house yes do it no matter how big or small i think you know that whole if you see a need meet it just kind of take goes in every aspect and kind of goes with your holistic approach to life. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Well, I appreciate it. I'm, this has been super encouraging to me and, you know, and somewhat uh, convicting, if you will, on some of the things you said just to me personally, you know, which I always love. That's one of the joys of doing this is, is God uses these conversations to, to challenge me. And I, there's been a number of these that I, as soon as I, I hit stop. I go, you know what? If this one is never published, it's touched me. So I know, you know, those listening have been encouraged as well. Well, I really appreciate you uh, spending time with me and what you do, Stuart. And just thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the All In Sports Outreach Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged. We'd ask you if there's a family member or a friend that could use some encouragement that you would forward this to them. Also, we'd ask you if you're not a current subscriber to our podcast that you would consider subscribing today. Whatever platform you're using right now to listen to this, we'd ask you just to click the subscribe button. There's many episodes prior to this one that will encourage you, and I'm excited about the stories to come. We love to hear from you. Visit our website at www.allinsportsoutreach.org or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the search bar. Just type in All In Sports Outreach. Find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to pray, to serve, and to give. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for your support and most of all for your continued prayers.